This is NBA Midcourt, starting right now. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Midcourt debut. I'm waiting for this for a long time, man. It's your host, junior NBA analyst, Hunter Hempstead. Monday, July 1st. 2019 what a first night of NBA free agency I don't think I've ever seen this many moves made on the first night of free agency this app here coming to you recorded via the anchor app available on iOS and Google Play start your podcast today sponsored by and brought to you by Advanced Auto Parts service is our best part and TSO, the official watch of the NBA now, I know we want to jump right into free agency news. But with this being the debut podcast, this ain't just about NBA news. This is about our league, the NBA Fantasy League. Mormon Ball Association Fantasy. I want to explain this a little bit. Get everyone out there in depth on what this league's going to be about this year. I'm stoked. I'm taking it very seriously. Very seriously this year, I'd rather say. So basically, I'm going to read off the league handout that Commissioner Devin Benson has given to all of us. So let's get started. MBA Fantasy Basketball 2019-2020 season. Welcome to our ninth season of the Mormon Ball Association Fantasy Basketball League. This league will be better than ever. It will focus purely on drafting skills, as this is the first season with zero trades. Rosters will be bigger than ever, which will put a microscope on your ability to work the waiver wires. Good luck to all you out there. I'm going to give down the previous champions here. Out of eight seasons we've played, we've only seen three people out of eight seasons win the chip. Dev Benson himself took it in 2012 and 13. The young Brower, Hunter Brower, took it in 2014. Older Brower, Dayton Brower, took it in 2015. 2016, Hunter Brower got revenge on the big brother. And in 17, 18, and 19, it's been a dynasty with Trevor Howard winning three straight MBA fantasy rings. He's going to take the cake this year with no trades. I can almost assure you we'll find a different winner. We know how the league was with trades. I'm not getting into that. Everyone knows how bad it was. I'm not getting into it. I refuse to get into it. So the teams we have, I'm going to name them off. We're, uh, we're using NBA team names as our team. And then I'll give the owner of each team. So, I'm going to go into draft order as well. Starting out with the first pick in the NBA fantasy draft here, we have the team Portland Trailblazers, team owner Typhon Avery. I'm going to get to this man in a second next segment. The second pick in this draft, team Utah Jazz, owner Dayton Brower. Third pick, Team Miami Heat, 
owner, Brian Cheney. Shout out to him. Happy birthday, bro. Good love. Team four, the Chicago Bulls and owner Taylor Nesser. At the fifth pick, Team Oklahoma City Thunder, bearing chains to Brooklyn Nets, as owner Devin Benson, a.k.a. the commissioner. The sixth pick is Team Dallas Mavericks, owner Trevor Howard. See if he can defend his three rings. The seventh pick, the Los Angeles Clippers and owner Hunter Brower. And with the eighth pick rounding out, Team Los Angeles Lakers, with none other than your own, me, Hunter Hempstead. The way the roster is going to look in this draft here, we're going to have uh, you have one starting point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward. And then uh, following that starting five, you'll have one guard, one forward, and three utility, which can be any position. And then five players on the bench. So with a 15-man roster, on nights that, when you know, during the season you'll have 10 active players and five players will be on your bench, which means their stats, if they are playing and you have them on the bench, their stats will not count towards your current game, or I say current week matchup. So a good summary here, a limit of three centers will be implemented. 15 roster size, 10 starters, total on the bench. How the scoring setup in this year. Scoring will be similar to previous seasons. There will be nine categories in the event of a 4-4-1 tie in a matchup. The team that represents home during the week matchup will take the win. That can be controversial. Something new. So the categories we have this season... Our field goals made, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, three-pointers made, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and, of course, points. How the schedule will be this year is that each team will play each other a total of two times in the regular season. In the event of a tie, you know, like I said, the home team takes the win. There will be 16 regular season matchups each one week long. So do the math. You got four, eight, 12, 16. You got four months of fantasy season. This isn't listed on, you know, the uh, the league handout. But the way I see it is that, you know, as teams get closer to the playoffs, teams that have, you know, good teams that have star players tend to rest. And, of course, those players would be, you know, your first – couple players picked in the draft and when they rest it'll definitely impact how you know the end of the fantasy season plays out therefore we end the fantasy season a decent amount of time before the playoffs so if we can avoid that at all costs speaking of the playoffs in the fantasy league there'll be six playoff teams which means two teams will not make the playoffs and they'll have to weep about it and think about the way they drafted and how they ran the waiver wire. So the number one overall seed and the number two overall seed will get buys in the first round of the draft. Therefore, three will play six and four will play five. 
Also could be, you know, in my opinion, you have an even amount of teams. Run it one six two five three four. Uh, regarding the waiver wire, it's going to be very important in this season without trades. Is uh, ESPN has a list of undroppable players. Once you draft them, you cannot drop them whatsoever. That will be implemented. Lineup changes will be locked daily at the individual players scheduled at game time. So, for instance, someone picks LeBron James. You know, they start playing at 10.30. You can either choose to play him or choose to bench him at no later than 10.29. Makes, makes sense. The waiver wire will be a free agent auction per usual. Each team will be granted a $500 budget for the entire season. And there are fines. I'll get to that here in a second. There are fines. Those will be added to, quote, the bank. Whether those fines that get added to the bank will be reimbursed or distributed to another team in certain events is basically to be determined. Uh, the bank then will hold that money for every two months. The bank will divide the money to each team who has not yet been fined. So I just now read that part, so that basically answers my own question. Um, there will be no trading this year. However, like we said, trading spots in the draft before August 7th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is allowed. So, if you get the second pick, you want to trade back to fifth. And another, you know, person at the fifth pick agrees, you can make it happen. So, the draft, here we go. We got the draft here. 2019-20 NBA draft will be held on August 8th, 2019 at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Portland Trailblazers team and owner, Tyler Avery, will have 12 hours to make their selection. Make this much an easier process. A lot more suspense added. And stretching this draft over time is really good. Because it gives us plenty of time. I mean plenty of time. Before the season starts to really figure out who we want. You know, Especially with all the free agent moves that's happened. This year's going to be very, very, very different. Uh, the teams will have a chance to select two players from their roster to retain in the 2021 season as they will be implementing a keeper league. You do not have to select a keeper or do not wish. The deadline for that decision is April 15th, 2020 at 8 p.m. by a league meeting. Uh, the keeper trading here is that a new implementation for this season Starting May 1st, 2020, there will be a period of time where you can trade your keeper players. The deadline to trade keepers is July, 1, July 31st, 2020 at 11.59 Eastern Standing Time, which will be post-free agency. So therefore, once again, we have time to really figure out what you want to do, bearing if you know the player you kept moved teams or the team that he's on might have added more help which could lead to diminishing stats and devaluing fantasy value. The rules in this draft is a list of the fines that could happen, like I said earlier. No discussing selections for the draft. If you do, $10 could go in the bank. No dropping good players, all-star caliber for no reason. 
aka tanking his $50 to the bank. You must update every day. I love this rule. If you do not update, it will result in a $1 fine to the bank. You must update. And do not discuss who your keeper players are, will be, or if you have any. If do so, $50 to the bank. As Commissioner Devin Benson posts here to end out those league handout, he says, quote, Let's act like real general managers, play professionally, and strategi- basically strategized. 2021 trades may be back up depending on how this season goes without trades. So if the season goes well and it's competitive, waiver wires used correctly, we have a really good, you know, really good competitive league. We might not have trades, but if we have, you know, said one team is just demolishing week after week after week, trades might have to be made to even it out, keep more balanced. So right there is basically the 2019-2020 NBA Fantasy League handout from Commissioner Devin Benson explaining the league this year. Can't wait. I'm pumped. You know, free agency, we're, we're done with the first night. And close to the first full day here. So we got a good idea of how the draft's going to be this year. It's going to be a little different. Um, looking forward to it. Like I said, it's going to be great. No trades. Completely different league. Next, I want to go to uh, some question and answer, uh, some, some, some Q&A time here. Something I want to do every now and then. Might be every show. Uh, first person to ask me here is, um, is Dayton Brower. His first question is, what will it take for Tyler Avery's team to have a chance at a 500 season? It's a good question, Dayton. I believe Typhon has... Uh, about two or three years he's played, and he's only won maybe like two games out of the whole time, you know, due to some very lopsided trades and not updating his team. That'll happen. Um, what he's basically got to do is follow the league rules, you know, update every day. Don't get fined. Do some research. Figure out he want to draft. You know, you got to have a strategy coming in this year without trades. Your draft picks ought to be on point. All in all, what will it take for Tyler is basically pay attention and, you know, follow the league. Do what you're supposed to do, update every day. Hopefully you have a good chance of getting some wins. Another question is what he as uh, Dayton Brower has asked here is who is looking like the number one team this season depending on draft order. Well, this is a serpentine draft. So if you got the fourth or fifth pick, you basically got the same pick every round. It's a good spot to have. I mean, if I had to put a bet on it, if you draft four or five, you probably got 
the most all-around chances. I mean, probably the first three or four rounds with an eight-team league is, you know, pretty solid players. And then you'll start dropping off to good role players that put up, you know, one main stat rather than all-around players. But um, like I said, if you got the fourth or fifth pick, you're probably going to take the cake in this year. Uh, next questions here, guys, from Taylor Nesser. He said, who was the front runner for Rookie of the Year in the NBA this year? You know, right when the draft happened, I want to say Zion Williamson. But the amount of health that he's got surrounding him, will he put up those big stats that we anticipate? That is a good question. With, uh, you know, after Frank, he's kind of struck in here. Barring any, any other moves, you know, tomorrow with the following... Um, um, third full day of free agency. If I had to choose, maybe Job Morant out of Memphis. He's going out of that whole team. He's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. He's going to get the assists, score when needed to be. Um, probably, I'd say the runner-up would be RJ Barrett with the Knicks. You know, I think in uh, when with. With Zion in New Orleans, you know, he's got Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. Uh, you know, you've seen a J.J. Redick signed on with the Pelicans. Um, they end up trading for Derek Favors. I mean, they, they got a lot of help out there, with, you know, surrounding Zion. And I don't think he's going to put up monster numbers, but he will make a difference. But, I mean, you know, your rookie of the year is basically the person who put up the the most in efficient numbers, and I think John Morant's going to be that guy. Uh, the second question he asked is, Mike Conley to the Jazz missing piece? Um, it's Western Conference. I, as far as missing piece, defining that more would be the missing piece to getting to the finals or the missing piece to go further in the playoffs. I'm going to interpret this question as in, further into the playoffs, and I think yes, hell yes, Mike Conley gets him to the next level in the playoffs. Uh, huge upgrade from Ricky Rubio, and a lot more better defensively than Ricky Rubio. Um, probably want to stick some you know averages on Mike Conley this year, probably about 18 points, 8 assists, um, probably 3 to 4 rebounds, a couple steals a game. He's pretty realistic for me. His first with Utah. He's got one on the offense, but I still think he gets the job done out there. Gets Utah to probably a 50-win season this year. I, I got some nice confidence in that team. I don't see them winning a ring, but, you know, anything can happen. But the chances are probably low. Um, next, next guy here on, on the question list is uh, the commissioner, Devin Benson. Said, how does the strategy change with a 15-player NBA fantasy roster? That's huge. We got five players bench that you know you got to sit. You got ten active players. That's that's some good strategy. I think that. Um, well, now that I think about it. 
Might be 13 players active at the same time and two players sitting. Might have to go back on that take, actually. I'm going to go as far right here and just... I'm going to go off of this right now. Um, basically, the strategy with this roster is you better draft correctly and work the waiver wire precisely. You're given a $500 limit, and you know players are going to be all of us going to be working the free agent wire more than ever, and it's going to be a big battle on you know auction bidding. So someone on that waiver wire is balling out, you know, for a good two weeks straight, staying consistent. I mean. I could very well see people up in almost $100, almost one-fifth of your of your whole entire season's money at one time getting getting bidded on. I could see that happening. Um, you know, basically the strategy is just you got to be super careful and very pay attention to the league this year because, you know, if not, if you got a player that you took and he has a, he has a really just off season, it, it'll hurt your team. Um, another question he asks is, how big of an impact does Typhon have on the fantasy league, especially with the number one overall pick? Uh, with his, uh, you know, his career winning percentage and what he's done in the draft, as much as an impact, you know, I want to go out there and say he's going to repeat what he's done in the past. But I think this year this man is going to draft Pretty good, I think, the first few rounds. Um, you know, with that number one pick, the next pick he will have will be 16, so the last pick in the second round. And that's when I think it becomes tricky. I think uh, Typhon knows, you know, the first round or two. He knows them players pretty good as they're on the media all the time. You know, when it comes to, like, those middle-tier guys is where I feel like he might mess up. I don't want to really go out and say, like, okay, he's, he's going to mess up. Don't worry about him this year. But I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And what I believe is that he has a pretty solid draft and puts out a pretty good um, a pretty good team this year, a good product out there in the fantasy league. Uh, speaking of Typhon, he asked me a couple questions here. Uh, Typhon asked, where do you think Kawhi is going to land? Um From what I'm hearing is that, you know, nothing happened the first night. Uh, there was word that he did meet with Magic Johnson, um, even though he's not with the Lakers, but Magic's going to, you know, he's a Laker guy. He's not working with the program anymore, but he is a Laker guy. Basically, it's a three-team three race with the Lakers, Clippers, and the Raptors. Um, the more I really think about it, I want to say he stays in Toronto. But with, you know, KD and Kyrie up in Brooklyn, I'm not getting real deep into that yet. You know, with them uh, with them pairing up in Brooklyn, that's a huge factor on staying with Toronto. Or, you know, with Golden State, they're not going to have Clay Thompson for probably 60 games. Houston, see what they do. The Lakers, you got LeBron and Anthony Davis. In my eyes, I don't care how good I am, how or you know how good you are. If, if you have a chance to join those two players, why would you walk away from that? Why? 
Maybe because you quote you don't want to play third fiddle, but when you look at the big three team that I seen in the Miami Heat with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, for one, LeBron always got his numbers. But every but every night, it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't LeBron finished first, Wade finished second, and Bosh finished third. Any of those players could easily put up 25 points. Talk about game plan and strategy. You know? You go, you know, Lakers go into one game against a really good team. All right, we need LeBron and AD to step up. You might go into one game and say, okay, Kawhi can take it easy on this one. He can walk in and put up 30 easy. Let's give let's give him his game. I think it I think it'll go into rotation. I want. I'm not. I'm not trying to be a biased man here. You know, everyone knows I'm a Lakers fan, but I'm. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it Kawhi Leonard to the Los Angeles Lakers. Another question he asked is the chances of the Blazers getting further in the playoffs with a depleted Golden State Warriors team. They got to the Western Conference Finals last year. But I think this season they run into either the Lakers or the Rockets. Maybe even Denver. You know, that went seven games. Denver could easily took that series. I haven't seen anything the Blazers have done so far to make the team better than last season other than trading away Evan Turner for Kent Bazemore. But if they run into Denver, the Lakers, the Rockets, I don't see them getting past them in seven games. It's all about the seeding again. You know, if they get a good seed and the team that's, you know, in their same bracket that they would face in the second round if they make it is, um, and they're a team that they match up well against, they could advance. It's all about the seeding. But I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna give it a high chance, I, I think. I'd probably put about 70% chance that they probably get past first round for sure. It's all about the seeding. Uh, here we go. Brian Chaney asked a couple questions. Um, who do you think Typhon is going to take in the NBA fantasy draft? Could he surprise us with a third or fourth round type pick at pick number one in the first round? First off, I don't think he's that stupid to do that again. We know we know what happened last time. He took an early third round guy in the first round. And it went horribly for him. But, you know, right now, free agency's still going through. If it was me taking the first pick, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. If I had pick number one, I ain't taking the Greek freak. I'm taking Giannis. He's basically got the same team back in Brooklyn, or not Brooklyn, but Milwaukee. They've re-upped everybody for longer deals. It's going to be... Basically, what you seen last year. I think I think this is the year that Giannis comes out completely of the shell that he's hatched. No one expected this guy to be this good. You know, he was an MVP this past season. I think he goes to the next level. I, my eyes, if I was, you know. 
team Typhon. I would take Giannis for sure, number one pick. Uh, the second question he asks is, what do you think of a Julius Randle and DeMarcus Cousins front court in the New York Knicks? As you know, they, they did sign Julius Randle on the first night of free agency. And um, with Boogie Cousins, I think it'll work out. I like it. I know some Knicks fans might not like it. With them, it's either big name or, you know, we don't want anyone. I think I think it would work, but I don't think the team would be just as good as when they had Carmelo Anthony and um, Amari Stoudemire. I don't think I don't think they'd be that good, but playoffs maybe in the East. East have stepped it up pretty good. I'd say it worked from a uh, financial standpoint. You got all this money. I feel like they're just antsy to use it, and I could probably see them signing Boogie if it hasn't already happened. As you know, like I said, pre-recorded podcast, don't know if it's going to happen. But say if it did happen, it'd be nice, it'd be nice to watch. See if Boogie can, can uh, get back to his old self following, you know, the couple injuries he's had. Achilles tear. Maybe he had a... Uh, Quad injury in the playoffs kept him out until around the finals, but I hope, hope he gets back to his same self. And the last guy here, Trevor Howard. Couple questions. First one is who will be a better team at full health, the Lakers or the Nets? Now that we see clearly what Brooklyn's going to be like, starting five on that team is pretty. That's scary. That full health. Kyrie Irving. Karis Levert. Joe Harris. The four spots kind of a toss up right now. And then DeAndre DeAndre Jordan at center. I hope Kevin Rant comes back a hundred percent. I mean, you think LeBron and Kyrie was good. 100%, man, Kyrie and KD, probably going to be better. Especially with DeAndre Jordan. He might not give you a lot of points, but I know that man's going to be pulling down rebounds and doing good things on the defensive end. When you head over to Lakers, you got LeBron James. You know what he's going to give you. 27, 8, and 8. I wouldn't pass that up for the world. And you got Anthony Davis. Let's just, let's just say this scenario happens. The Lakers just surround LeBron and AD with great role players. And the Nets are perfectly healthy. Now, DeAndre Jordan, he's not an all-star caliber player, but he's a good, solid center. I think they're both equal, honestly. 
if I was playing a two-on-two pickup game and I had to take a bet on it, and it was Kyrie and KD versus LeBron and AD, I'm taking LeBron and AD for sure. You know damn well Kyrie ain't going to guard LeBron out there. That's how I'm going to look at it. Lakers better team. And he says, what do you think the Lakers starting five is going to look like? Well, we're going to have LeBron at the three. And Anthony Davis probably playing center this year. As you know, he normally has been. I'm going to give you what I think the starting five should look like. Now, when I first got this question, I wanted J.J. Redick all day at, at shooting guard. But reported deal is that uh, his contract was a done deal with New Orleans Pelicans. Don't like that move, but it is what it is. Well, the plays you got right now, what I want to see, I want that starting point guard to be Patrick Beverly. Hell of a defender, probably top three in the league on defense. He's got ball handling, can shoot the free ball, can create his own shot. I think he's good at passing. At the four spot, we're going to have Kyle Kuzma. I don't see the Lakers throwing him on the bench. Um, you know, last year Kuzma put up 18 points a game. With Anthony Davis coming coming into you know coming into town here, I don't I don't know if Kuzma will keep it that at that 18, or he just might you know score less but be more efficient, you know such as like field goal percentage things like that. They'll raise. I'm taking less shots, but you know. Um, so now you're down to a starting two. You know my mind was set on JJ Redick until he headed to New Orleans. Um. Good starting two guard, Pat Beverly. It's a good question. You can keep Caldwell Pope. He had stretches last year. You know, he was in a real big shooting funk for a long time. But towards the, towards the end of the season, he got out of it, and he looked pretty good. He ain't afraid to shoot. You know. You know, with normal defense on him, he'll, he'll pull. He's got confidence, which I like in that. If you're a shooter, you gotta be confident. Every time you take a shot, you gotta tell yourself, I can make this. I think they end up bringing KCP back all in all, because he's also a good defender. So I'm gonna call it as basically uh Patrick Beverly, Contavious Caldwell Pope, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, and Anthony Davis. That's your Lakers starting five. Book it. All right. I'm going to get into a, to a subject here that uh, kind of pisses me off a little bit. I call this the Lazy Typhon Saga. I know y'all been waiting for it. Well, what's been going on here is that... Uh, you know, Typhon has been a pretty well-rounded friend to all of us. We all love him dearly. He feels the same way. 
Um, what's been happening here in the past, you know, five, six days is we've uh, almost came, kind of came to an agreement, you know, as a whole entire league and group, friend group, family group. He's been ignoring us, you know. It's not been the best and uh, kind of caught him out on it. There's been times in the group chat, you know, we hop in the chat at 8, 8.30 in the morning. And we'll be until almost 5 p.m. every time he gets in the chat for the first time. Acts like nothing happens. You know, it's been, uh, from what we know is about, he's just, you know, ignoring us to the fullest, man. Not inviting us to come over anymore. He's always on Xbox. With the other friend group that I partake of, I take part in that other group. I'm not as active as I am in that group, not even close to what I'm active as in our league group. Um, you know, following all that stuff in the beginning, uh, we basically had an old friend of ours, former uh, Mormonball Association guard, longtime New York Knicks fan, Caleb DeBoard, the one and only. You know, he had he made a huge case to be in the, the fantasy league for his knack of, India, of uh, NBA fandom and his knowledge. Um, basically we, we did add a team to board and it lasted, you know, for two days. Brian Cheney got, got on the phone, hit him up, said, are you interested? 10 minutes later, he dropped his email. We had, we had him in, man. At that time I was like, this is real, bro. Like, this is. We're moving on from from an era of Typhon and, and you know, and and the basketball side of our group. End of an era, and I was you know to my to my to myself, I was thinking, okay. You know. What what's happened in, in the past with um, the NBA fantasy side? What's happened in the past with you know Team Typhon? It's been bad, so you know this is gonna make the, this will make the league better. Um, I was actually all for it. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was all for it. I was all for replacing Typhoon with uh, Team Caleb DeBoard. I felt like he was going to bring some uh, some pain to the league and make himself known like, hey, I can run with you guys. I can keep up. I know what I'm doing. Um, then ultimately, a couple of days later, we... Uh, NBA Commissioner Devin Benson came into the Snapchat group. Nikolai Ultra said that no Typhon is just odd. You know, let's just add him back. You know, whatever's happened's happened. Let's add him back. And then we ghosted the board. You know, it ain't like we're, like we're close to the board. You know, he's a longtime NBA veteran. And the Mormon Ball Association, you know, we Commissioner Benson just took his team out, slid Typhon right back in. 
you know, we were all going that side, and, uh, something else that definitely, uh, rang a bell here, I had, uh, you know, I was working the other day, and, uh, Ted Finn, the father of Typhon Avery, he came to drop off parts to me this past Friday on the 28th of June, and asked, quote, why did you all delete Tyler from everything, end quote, I was like, oh, so now we're getting snitched on. Instantly. I was pissed. I was like, you kidding me. Everything that Typhon has caused himself tries to put the blame on us. That don't happen, man. That ain't cool. So I briefly explained, you know. I told him, like, you know, he's on Xbox all the time. He's hardly ever in the group. He ain't talking to us much. We don't come. We don't come over as much anymore. You've probably noticed that. You know what Tedman said to me? That just lit a fire right under my behind. Tedman said, "I can agree on that one." And then he chuckled and walked out the door. No words said after after he walked out the door. I was like, okay, Tevin's on our side. He knows. He knows what Tevin's doing, and it's hurting it's hurting his friendship with all of us, man. So when, when I thought about it, I thought about it a little bit, you know, I keep those thoughts to myself. You know, the day goes on. I announce the news as soon as it happened. I announced it. I wasn't going to announce it. I want to keep to myself. I don't want to start any more drama, but I had to announce it. I had to let Tyler know how his dad felt about the whole situation to maybe wake him up and realize, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. So then Tyler gets back in the chat, and then, uh, you know, everyone's talking. And the next thing we know that I figure out like, how does Ted Finn know that we did that? He snitched on us. So then the following day goes by. Reports say that Madison, the only female in our group, she don't associate with the basketball side of things. I'm going to keep her out of that. She's on the friend side of the chat. Not, not the ball side. And uh, she was over there, along with uh, Trevor Howard. And uh, Masson, you know, kind of rose, rose up and said that, you know, Lois, which is Tevin's wife, also Tyler's mother, she was acting, she was acting very odd towards Trevor and Madison. And uh, on that thing, I... I I was like, okay, so I think they're mad at us, you know. So, you know, Typhon coming out saying to Ted and Lois basically told us that we were mean and what we did is removing from the group, um, from the basketball side of things. You know, how does this really affect the relationship with the Avery family? You know, with all of us? You know, me, Trevor, Devin, 
Nesser, Cheney. Sucks to see, man. Something I don't. I only want to get. I only want to get into that side. In that side of the subject. Don't even want to talk about it. After everything that's happened, it's making me pissed off again. I'm trying to keep myself cool. You know, following following this report and all that, I want to have a break here. I gotta have a break in this podcast before I before my gas gets blow off, and I recreate a Stephen A. Smith type moment and get real real off the rails here and just go off. Um, sponsorships out here on the break here. Um, we got Kia, which is the official vehicle of the NBA. And uh, Vivid Seats, tired of staying inside? Think no more. Experience the difference today. Buy sports, concert, and theater tickets from Vivid Seats, 100% buyer guarantee. I'm going to take a short break, and we'll be back. Welcome, everyone, to part two of the NBA midcourt. It's a definite needed break. From the last segment I just talked about. I'm going to hop right into part two here. Before we jump in the free agent frenzy. The madness. I'm going to talk about something here. I'm going to uh, get in. Just, just, just scrape the surface of the NBA Summer League. You know, all 30 teams. You know, get their draft picks going. Their young stars going. Give out uh, some playtime and some G-leaguers, some undrafted players. It's nice to have, you know, whenever the season ends and uh, free agency comes around, you know, you got no basketball. This right here is just, you know, helps showcase the talent that's not in the league every day. And it shows how many players around here are pretty good at basketball. So, you know, 30 teams participating this year. In the main summer league event, which is the MGM Resorts Las Vegas Summer League, it runs through July 5th through the 15th. I believe there's two or three. Actually, I, actually, I think there's three or four regular, you know, there's regular exhibition games, and then it turned into a tournament, single elimination, and then uh, starting tonight. We have the Utah and Sacramento leagues. You know, looking forward to just watching basketball again, man. The finals wasn't that long ago, but same time. You know, when there ain't no basketball on TV for a couple weeks, it seems, you know, it seems like it's forever. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about is back on June 26th, uh, Bleach Report, you know, they published an article about the commissioner of the NBA Adam Silver, and everyone else around there, we're uh, talking about shortening the season. They uh, discussed fewer games, maybe a mid-season cup, which could eliminate the All-Star weekend and uh, a play-in tournament for the actual playoffs. To me, why in the hell would you change it? I understand load management as players, but that that doesn't. It's not an argument in that in, in saying load management. That's not an argument at all because 
the team that said player would play for that's playing 40 minutes a night, you can easily take his minutes down to 31 games or two games and so on. You know, taking away the all-star break, I I used to like the east and west format. That was nice. Until the West just ran over every, you know, year after year. The Western Conference would just be up by 30 by halftime, and then it's not even an actual game. You know, no defense was played. Nothing to play for. But then, you know, this past season, might have been the season before last, they went to uh, whoever had the top vote-getters of each conference That'd be their team, and then you draft out of the whole NBA. You know, for instance, like this past season, like Team Giannis, he had players from both East and West, which was a nice format. They made the game pretty competitive. wasn't as high scoring as you know normally the East West format was, but it was pretty good. As far as the mid season cup, I mean, I don't really see what the point of that is, really. Because if you're going to have said playoff, you know, like a play-in tournament for the playoffs, you're basically doing the same exact thing in the middle of the season. What's the point? Now, let me just remind you something out there. Does does anyone remember the 2000, I believe it was 2011-12 NBA lockout season? Do you not realize how many fans were outraged at the league for not agreeing on terms? And we pushed the start, you know, the first game all the way to Christmas Day. I, I, I remember like the back of my hand because I was one of the fans that was probably the most angry about it. That's because the Players Association, you know, the CBA... Everyone up top in the offices. They all couldn't agree on one thing together. So then you had, you know, Kobe and LeBron and Kevin Durant at the time. All, you know, top 20 players out here playing in the Drew League in Los Angeles. The Dykeman League out in New York. You know. Jamal Crawford, pro-am up in Seattle. I don't know, a lot of players went over to China and played because they didn't know if they were going to have a season. You know, J.R. Smith, Josh Smith, Kenyon Martin. I think Kevin Martin even went over there as well. I know J.R. did for sure. Man put up 30-plus every night over there in, in China. I remember that. Fans don't want a shortened season, even if it starts at the same time. At the end of October, but say it ends in like mid-March. It's horrible. 82 games, keep it, don't change it. A couple things I just wanted to get on before I get in the free agent frenzy, which I'm going to do now. Talk about current free agency, all the moves that we know up to date. Starting on the 27th of June, when Anthony Davis... New Los Angeles Laker. We had this four million trade kicker to allow the Wizards to be a third team. And a three team deal.
for the Lakers to, to clear, you know, the max money in cap room, $32 million. As part of that deal, the Lakers give up Isaac Bonga, Jamario Jones, and Mo Wagner to the Wizards. And now we're just waiting to see what the Lakers are going to do. I'm really uh, excited to see what they surround LeBron, AD, and Kuzma. Something that uh, I've had my mind on a lot today after seeing all the, you know, the news that's happened so far today and the role players that, you know, many media outlets were saying that we're going to be a good fit with the Lakers. They're in play for the Lakers. And all these role players go somewhere else, you know, at one by one. It's like, you know, picking a flower on the ground and just picking the petals off one by one. Once you run out, what do you got left, man? You got, you got nothing. I'm afraid that's what's going to happen to the Lakers. Because right now, it's Kawhi for the die. I ain't as sad as a Knicks fan right now, but if we strike out on Kawhi and all these role players are going, I don't know what we're going to do. We, we got a lot of cap room, but... Who are we going to sign? Next thing, I got a uh, shout out Darren Collison. You know, retiring at age 31, 10 seasons in the league. Superb point guard. I believe I touched on this in one of the last few episodes of, the, of the, either news panel or something. I know I got around it one way or another. just can't remember when. Um, Nikola Miritich. This past season, played with the Pelicans, and then traded to the Bucks. Start off with, uh, his first few years in Chicago. He's leaving the NBA to sign with EuroLeague team Barcelona. Supposed on a six-year, about $79 million deal. He definitely wouldn't have made that in the NBA, but this man, I, I really felt like he would have made, this, is, this would have been his year to be the difference maker on a championship team. You know, he was projected 45 to $50 million annual or not annually, but for a total contract over four years. Which was just a little bit over 11 and about $11.25 million a season. That's good. Now, the rest down here, there's a lot of signings I'm going to go down through here, man. We have so much. I'm talking 50, 55, 60. I'm going to go down the list here. I'm going, to, you know, I'm, going to, I'm going to name it off. Pretty much I just want to say, do I like to move or do I not like it? I'm going to give a quick reason why. We're going to move on to the next one. First one, Dwight Powell. Signed a three-year, $33 million extension with Dallas. I like this move. Dwight Powell definitely came around this past year. He was eligible for an extension during the season, but you know Dallas just wanted to see... Exactly what he could, you know, the, the most amount they could before they made their decision. You know, with Dirk Nowitzki playing a lot less minutes, Dwight Powell got a lot more time and put up good numbers. Very athletic, good rebounder, good solid player there of Dallas. Next, uh, Jonas Valanciunas reacted with Memphis, three years for forty-five million. He was part of the Marcus Saul trade to Toronto. 
Memphis might be a decent team to look out for this year. I mean, I don't I don't really see them going in the playoffs at all, but it's always fascinating to watch a team that's got, you know, young guys, a top three pick, a couple veterans out there. You know, they're, they're going to play competitive, but as far as, you know, winning scenarios, you might not have a lot of those, but I like to move. Uh, Damian Lillard got the bag from Portland. Big extension, you know, four years, $194 million, super max. He deserves it, man. He's a blazer for life. I remember LeBron was in uh, Cleveland, second stint. I remember him saying, you know, a guy he would love to play with, Damian Lillard. I know about two seasons ago, there was some heavy trade speculation for about two or three months straight about Damian Lillard. Would he get, would he get moved? The Blazers just kind of sat the same record for the you know a few years. They didn't progress anymore in the playoffs. CJ McCollum was, you know, being pretty consistent, but wasn't you know. He wasn't going up the ladder any in progression until this past season. Team played well. I like it. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Definitely, uh, this man went from. Straight post player to, you know, pure stretch five. This man can stroke the three ball. His size, you never expect it. He's such a mismatch on the floor for opposing teams. But he signed a four-year, $52 million contract back with Milwaukee Bucks. Definitely like the move. He fit in very well the way that the Bucks play. You know, Giannis didn't really develop. A jump shot as much, can drive the lane, and with Brooke Lopez as a big man clearing out the paint, you know, you're drawing the opposing teams, you know, big man out there with Brooke Lopez, create more space in the paint for Giannis to do his thing. You know, it's a pretty good strategy. Uh, Garrett Temple, two-year $10 million deal with the Brooklyn Nets. Why not have any more significance to this deal until I give the next two uh, signings with the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, Garrett Temple, I do like him. He's, I've seen him play quite a bit in the league. Uh, I've seen him play with Memphis, Sacramento, Portland. Good role player. Kind of knows how to move the ball and get his shots off. Uh, first big domino that fell, man. Kyrie Irving. And all you know how I've always felt about this man. Kyrie was the savior in the post-LeBron Cavs era. And then it hit the fan, but I'm not going to get into that. But Kyrie signed a four-year, $142 million deal, max deal, with the Brooklyn Nets with a player option to return in the last year of his deal. And following him, Kevin Durant follows up four years, $164 million deals with the player option, I should say, with the Nets as well. Now, we all know, we've seen videos all over Twitter, that Kyrie and Katie were pretty much poised to play, play with each other. Whether that would have been, everyone thought it's the Knicks, New York, Madison Square Garden. We're finally going to get the Knicks back up on top of the NBA ladder. 
And after just these two signings, everybody, everybody, Brooklyn owns New York basketball. The Knicks aren't the Knicks anymore, man. It's Brooklyn. Time for the Nets. Not to mention the next deal. Kyrie and Katie got a mutual friend to come play with them. He came right across the river. DeAndre Jordan. Four years, $40 million with the player option. And you know this meant a lot to Kyrie and KD because they took less than a full max so that DJ could sign with Brooklyn. The first season's going to be my eyes more important than would it, would, it, would it be with the second season because first season Kevin Durant ain't playing recovering from a torn Achilles. So the team somehow sticks out 50 wins, 48 wins. Or you got Kevin Durant, you're looking at 60. If he comes back at full 100% Kevin Durant. Going to move on from the net situation. Uh, Rudy Gay is going back to San Antonio on a two-year, $32 million deal. He played pretty good role players, man. He used to be a little bit of face of the show with you know Memphis and... He had a couple years in Toronto. I like Rudy Gay. He's always been a guy that's got a consistent jump shot and gets buckets. He'll help your team in any way you really need him to. I like that. Um, the first sign-in trade here. We had Terry Rozier heading to Charlotte from Boston on a three-year $58 million deal, whereas Kemba Walker from Charlotte signed a four-year $141 million deal with the Boston Celtics. Draft picks are involved in this trade. Just so that, you know, Charlotte could get something out of it. Kimba gave everything he had to Charlotte, man, but there's one problem. Two problems in my eyes, actually. First problem, it's Charlotte, you know, it's a small market. And the second problem is the owner, Michael Jordan. I said it. Michael Jordan was one of the problems with that whole entire franchise. He couldn't get anyone to sign. He kept bringing in mediocre talent. And Kemba went out there and 25 a night. Let's go back to the locker room with a loss. Now he's in Boston. Hopefully it turns his career around. I don't necessarily like the move after what's kind of transpired with the Boston Celtics, but in my eyes, if it didn't work with Kyrie, what, what makes anyone think it's going to work with Kemba Walker because they're almost virtually the same player. They both can finish. They both can shoot the ball. Kemba's probably... Slide a bit better on defense, but Kyrie can finish in the lane. I don't know what makes what makes Boston better, but we'll find out. Uh, Chris Middleton signed a five-year extension back with Milwaukee, 178 million with the player option. 
I was really thinking, you know, if the Bucks lost Middleton, that would have hurt a lot. Giannis would have definitely, uh, you better you better get that jump shot going right now, man, if that happened. I like to move Chris Middleton, first time All-Star this past year. Always had some pretty good hopes for that, man. Uh, Harrison Barnes signed a four-year deal back with Sacramento, $85 million. I don't. I didn't see if there's a player option or team option. It might be straight up four years guaranteed, which is could be pretty good for this man. I seen something on Twitter today about uh, this contract. They kind of compared it. A prime LeBron James when he signed with Miami Heat is only a four-year, sixty-seven million dollar contract, and Harrison Barnes is getting eighty-five million for four years. Granted, the salary cap went up, but think about it, man. Players in the league are getting paid. George Hill, another player that uh, returning to his same team he played with this past season. He went back to Milwaukee with a three-year, $29 million deal. George Hill uh, was involved with the uh, Matthew Delvadova and John Henson trade to the Cavs. Um, I do like this move because, one, George Hill was on a ridiculous contract his last season. And back you know a couple seasons ago, the Sacramento Kings paid him that deal. And, you know, towards the end of the season... Close to the playoffs, George Hill definitely stepped up and played his role with Milwaukee perfectly. He was a great backup point guard. I'm glad they kept him. Still got Eric Bledsoe. You still got that, you know, you got George Hill off the bench to keep things rolling at the same speed. Another deal here we got with Sacramento is Trevor Ariza, two years, $25 million. I do and don't like this move. I do like it because it gives veteran help to a young Kings team. But I don't like it because Trevor Reza could be used way much more, way much more efficiently. And he would serve a huge purpose on a contending team. You know, last year he was with Phoenix. I didn't understand that move. Now he's going to Sacramento. I was really hoping, like, you know, a team like the Lakers or the Rockets could pick this man back up. You know, when the Rockets gave up Ariza and Luke and Balamute, I thought that was the dumbest thing they did. You know, they got rid of the 3 and Ds, the 3 and D guys that they had. Hopefully he gets minutes. You know, I don't think he played a whole lot with Phoenix, but with Sacramento, I hope he gives him minutes and gives him a good push coming off the bench. Uh, EuroLeague center, Nicolo Melli. I really don't know much about this man. Um, haven't had a chance to really look him up, how he plays or anything. He, he signed a two-year, $8 million deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. As they need, you know, they definitely need center depth as, you know, of course, AD was traded and they uh, renounced the rights and waived um, center check Diallo. They're kind of limited to Jalil Okafor right now and Wherever else they might get in agency. The deal that uh, I like this one a lot. A lot of people were kind of confused on it, but former MVP Derrick Rose, two years, fifteen million with the Detroit Pistons. My oh my. Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Man. And they still got Reggie Jackson. You got two good point guards on that team. I think they're both going to share the court and share the same amount of minutes. 
You know, Detroit was a team, like I said in the last podcast, they didn't get a whole lot of attendance. But bringing in the name of just bringing in the name Derrick Rose to the Detroit Pistons is going to get the hopefully this team back on track. You know, fan wise, I see them being a playoff team once again, like they were this past year. But you know, Derrick Rose, I really hope that he just uh, gets a huge opportunity with this team. And, you know, keeps continuing like how he played at the end of the year last year with Minnesota. Played good. Uh, probably the first move I hated, because I was anticipating this man going to the Lakers so bad, was J.J. Redick. Two years, $26.5 million for two years. $13 million a season with New Orleans Pelicans. Now, when he signed in Philadelphia, I understood it. He's seen a young team on the rise, and this man wants a challenge to pick that team up and help them to the next level. And that definitely happened. Him going to New Orleans with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Zion Williamson. You know, he might he might give this team the same result that he gave to Philly. A huge Huge addition to the team, you know. Uh, also, a former Pelican, Julius Randle, signed with the New York Knicks on a three-year, $63 million deal. Now, Julius Randle played very, very, very well last season with New Orleans. Now, the Lakers, whenever they uh, got LeBron, they kind of just went with the veteran way. A lot of one-year deals didn't really even... Think about bringing Randall back. They wanted him to basically move on. And then he went to New Orleans. Played six man until you know, the whole Anthony Davis trade rumor saga started happening. And he got his minutes and, man, he balled out. If you had him on fantasy, you know he helped you get some wins. He helped you stay up above in the categories, man. But with the Knicks, I like the move. You know, New York, they didn't strike out, in my opinion. They got a lot of hungry veteran guys and, you know, young guys that's, that want to play and want to make name for themselves. Are the Knicks going to be a playoff team? I, I, I don't see that at all, but the Knicks are still in a rebuild mode. Don't forget they got R.J. Barrett. He might become something one day, man. Soon. Uh, let's see. We got Tobias Harris. Five years. $180 million extension back to the Philadelphia 76ers with a player option for that fifth year. Big contract. Well deserved. You know, he started out in the league with Orlando. He shows some flashes. He was on the Detroit. Or actually, I should say, he moved on to the Clippers after the Magic. Played even better. And then he ends up in Detroit with the Blake Griffin trade. Then, when you know, he, he went there. He was almost the number one option in front of Andre Drummond at the time. Trade values going up and up and up. He was a player that everyone just kind of kept selling off. And then 76 acquired him in the trade. 
That was actually the other way around. He he was he came he went from Detroit to the Clippers to Philadelphia. I remember the trade now. But it was it was a great move. He definitely helped Philadelphia. Like I said, you know, with JJ Reddick, he, he was there, and then later on, Sixers also traded for Jamie Butler. It definitely propelled him in the playoffs. And who knows if Kawhi had never made that shot, it could have been you know could have been Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who knows what would have happened after that? Uh, former Milwaukee Buck here, former Rookie of the Year, Malcolm Brogdon is leaving Milwaukee and heading to Indiana with the Pacers on a sign-in trade. Brogdon's contract is four years, $85 million, and Milwaukee's getting a uh, first-round pick and two second-round picks out of the deal. You know, Malcolm was restricted free agent. But the Bucks knew if they wanted to retain players like Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, they would have to give up Brogdon. But I'm glad they got something in return. They got some. They got some draft picks. And Brogdon and with uh, with the Pacers and with Oladipo coming back, it's it's going to be a good backcourt. Because you know Brogdon, he can't play at the point guard spot, and and that may happen. A former Pacer. Boyan Bogdanovich, heck of a shooter with great size, you know, six foot seven, about 220, 230. He, uh, whenever Oladipo went out last season with his injury, uh, Bogdanovich definitely had, you know, weeks on end, giving you at least 20 points. Half of those are behind the three point line. He's faced the four pretty well. Not that bad a defender. He signs a four-year, $73 million deal with the Utah Jazz with the player option. Utah's probably a top three team, you know, and, and what they've done in the offseason. They definitely made the moves, man. They get this man, the trade for Mike Conley. Top five team in the West for sure next year. Could be top three. I mean, you never know what could happen. I, I, I'm telling you, man, you got to look out for Utah this year. They're going to bring the rain. Come tip off, man. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks and Chris Saps Porzingis sign an extension. Five years, $185 million with the player option. The Dallas Mavericks, they love their foreign players, don't they? You know, Dirk Nowitzki was face of the franchise for a long time. Jeff Luka Doncic does not disappoint whatsoever. He, he won Rookie of the Year. Averaged 22 a game as a rookie. Put up like LeBron numbers almost. He can get the rebounds and assist the ball. You know, Porzingis didn't play any last season after the trade. That involved uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and uh, John J. Jordan. Dallas might be another team that could sneak into playoffs, like an 8 or 7 seed. Pretty anxious to see what's going to go on there. A uh, few few moves down the list here. I'm just going to give uh, the details. I don't want to get really in-depth on them, but um, we got Damari Carroll. Two years, $12 million with the San Antonio Spurs. You know, more 3 and D depth on that team. I like the move. Uh, Netherlands Noel is heading back to Oklahoma City. Uh, details on that contract, I haven't really seen. But OKC basically just retains their, you know, the backup center. And Steven Adams would come out of the game. 
He didn't do great, but he also didn't do bad. He was kind of just another body in there to kind of get work done. Um, Rodney Hood, key player in the playoffs this past year with the Portland Trailblazers, comes back on a two-year uh, year $16 million deal with a player option. Another player that was leaving that uh, longtime Hornets starting five is Jeremy Lamb. Three-year, $31.5 million deal with the Indiana Pacers. More shooting depth to spread the floor with Oladipo, along with Brogdon. Jeremy Lamb can give you at least 15 to 17 a night, you know, easily. I like his game. Uh, Ricky Rubio. Three years, $51 million with the Phoenix Suns. They would definitely, desperately need a point guard all year last year. So many two-way contracts came in and played point guard. I, they probably had seven or eight guys run the point guard last year throughout the whole season. Even after the Tyler Johnson trade with the Heat, he started playing point guard. Uh, Rubio is definitely, I think he's going to find a home here in Phoenix. As Whereas... His play style didn't really fit a whole lot with Utah. You know, he wasn't really a big, he wasn't a shooter. You know, Donovan Mitchell and Derek Favors, Jay Crowder had to at least score a bit more, but Rubio isn't afraid to shoot the ball, but he needs to step up his field goal percentage, I think. With him and Devin Booker, it's going to be a uh, pretty nice backcourt to watch. We got uh, Daniel House, uh, backup small forward, the Houston Rockets, coming back on a three year, 100, or I should say, $11.1 million deal. I won't really say a 3 and D guy, but he's got size, but can't shoot the three ball. He just pays the floor for him. Uh, tremendous 3 and D guy here. Al Farouk Aminu is leaving the Portland Trail Blazers, going to a three-year $29 million deal with a team option at the end of it. I like this, man. Al Farouk Aminu, there's, there's times where you know he won't even score for a game. But the steals and just his shot contests make a huge difference on the defensive end. I like it. Uh, another New York Knicks signing. Uh, veteran power forward Taj Gibson. Two years, 20 mil. Fully guaranteed. Just more depth to help young guys. I feel like he might mentor like Kevin Knox on the defensive end and Mitchell Robinson. Uh, another huge signing trade here. Great move. Uh, I'll get to the second part of this deal later down this list here, but the first part that we know for sure was Jimmy Butler with a four-year, $142 million deal with Miami with a player option and a silent trade that sent uh, Josh Richardson to Philadelphia and a later trade they made to get Mo Harkless from the Clippers or Mo Harkless from the Blazers coming to the Heat, and then going back out to the Los Angeles Clippers. Jimmy Butler to the Heat is basically a whole new start of a brand new era. Props to Miami. You know, when they lost the big three, basically, they didn't tank. You know, they didn't get a 19-25 win season. They, they, they played their all, kept it afloat, and waited for that star, and they finally got it. Props to the team for not tanking in this, in this situation. Uh, Al Horford. Man, Boston couldn't give him what he wanted. And he's seen what the franchise was going after Kyrie left, and he he dipped, man. Went to the rival in this one. Al Horford, a four-year, $97 million deal with Philadelphia with a player option. Whew. 
Whew. Man. A front court of Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. And Philly's going to be at least top four defensive team next season. And this, this move is going to be huge for this team. They do lose the shooting. They didn't. They lost J.J. Redick, but bringing in Horford might have a, you know, your offense might be shrunk some, but expand the defense and you'll keep it balanced. Ed Davis, uh, former Brooklyn Net, is going to the Utah Jazz to play backup center on a two-year, $10 million deal. Um, another huge sign-and-trade here. I will get in-depth in this, but uh, I'm trying to run on some time. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I hate that. You know, I was really banging the Lakers to try to go after him as well. You know, they were interested in a reunion, but um, he goes in a uh, sign-and-trade to the Golden State Warriors. Four years, $117 million deal. He's going along with Travion Graham and Shabazz Napier. And a uh, puzzling move that the Warriors had to do was uh, ship out the heart of the sixth man. The heart of the bench unit, Andre Iguodala. They had to find a suitor for his contract and make it work. And the first team that, that took the bait was the Memphis Grizzlies. The way their situation is, I don't see him staying there. I, I very anticipate that Iggy gets bought out. And teams like the Rockets and the Lakers will probably make a huge play for him. As far as D'Angelo Russell going to uh, Golden State, he will be the starting shooting guard in my eyes until Clay Thompson returns. And I feel like once Clay's back, I really don't think D'Angelo is going to be there for that full contract. I think after this year, he very well may get traded for you know for something even better. Um, just keep the Warriors up top. You know when they lost Kevin Durant. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, the, the air is over. You know, they're not going to have Clay. It's going to be Steph and Draymond, and they do this move, and they're they're still right there, but not they're not they're not maxed out, but they are still close to to being you know for their meter to be full. Uh, Brooke Lopez twin, Robin Lopez, is also going to be playing with Milwaukee. Might as well share the same jersey on this one. One's got a fro, one don't. Easy to tell. I like the Lopez brothers, Robin Lopez. He's played the uh, past few seasons with Chicago Bulls. Uh, good veteran center. Very, very active on defense. I like it. Uh, Mario Hazonia. A two-year minimum deal with the Blazers on a player option. He uh, was drafted by the Magic in the lottery a few years ago and then played with the Knicks last year. Didn't really make a splash, but... Can, he's proven he can help a team. Uh, another player that uh, is heading to New York Knicks here. We got Bobby Portis, former Bull, former Wizard. Two years, $31 million on a team option. Basically, I feel like with this contract, if he proves himself, he'll deserve the money. If he doesn't, they'll, you know, they won't offer the team option qualifying offer, and there he goes. Unrestricted. Uh, another straight-up trade here. We had Derek Favors from Utah. His cap's getting cleared out. He sent to the Pelicans for only two second-round picks. I think Derek Favors is definitely worth more than two second-round picks. Like, Derek Favors is a very good 
back-to-basket, like, true power forward. His type of game's definitely falling away from the current NBA, but I, I know, you know, with the, with the Pelicans, they'll definitely help the team out. I feel like New Orleans, I feel like they are definitely a playoff team this season. Maybe a seventh seed. As young as the team is, I just can't see them really, like, making a huge huge dent in the Western Conference, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Jamal Murray signed a uh, five-year, $170 million extension back with the Denver Nuggets on a player option. Not much really to say about it, but he's locked in there. Uh, Pat Beverly staying with the Los Angeles Clippers. Three years, $40 million. Um, he wanted He basically said he wanted to get paid this summer. He felt like he deserved it. And um, the Clippers love the man to death. Owner Steve Ballmer really knows, you know, he knows his players pretty well. And definitely wanted to keep Patrick Beverly. You don't want to let a defensive point guard like this guy slip away from your hands when you have a chance to keep him back. A former Piston and Laker from last season, uh, Reggie Bullock, is also going to the New York Knicks. Two years, $21 million. It's a pretty good contract for Reggie Bullock. I know the Lakers couldn't have given him that in their circumstance of what they're trying to do. I was hoping they would keep him back because he, he came after the trade for uh, Savi Mikhailuk. Um, Reggie Bullock definitely gave the Lakers the three-point shooting that they were definitely lacking. Uh, hopefully, you know, he just goes out there and helps the Knicks do what, you know, do what they're told and uh, build, uh, re, you know, build the rebuilding process that they're continuously going on right now. Another veteran player, Corey Joseph, three years, $37 million, fully guaranteed with Sacramento. Definitely going to be a backup point guard to uh, De'Aaron Fox. Um, Corey Joseph is just, he's a dog, man. He don't quit, active on defense, has a decent little handle, can score in a lane. He'll help out the, he'll help out the bench unit. Uh, former backup point guard with uh, the Pistons here, Ish Smith. He's going to go to the Wizards. Two years, $12 million. I don't. I really don't think John Wall will be ready for the start of the season for Washington. And uh, they also had a um, trade. They traded their backup point guard, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, to Chicago uh, for a couple picks. And I think Ish Smith will get the starting nod to start of the season. So good for him. Uh, speaking of Thomas Sadoransky, he actually signed a deal with the Bulls as well. Three years, $30 million. Um, moving on from that. Uh, Thaddeus Young, another player going to the Bulls. You know, former Pacer, three years, forty-one million with, with the Bulls. I mean, that's that's great. I feel like the way that he plays and how Laurie Markkinen plays is just almost spot on. So Laurie's got a really good mentor in Thaddeus Young to help his game improve. And you know, a good vet to add to the Bulls roster that was much needed. They were very young last season, youngest team in the league. Seventy-sixers keep a hold of Mike Scott, two years, ten million. Just helped out when needed. Uh, Clay Thompson returns back to Golden State as you know as anticipated. Five-year, one hundred ninety million dollars supermax with a player option. Terrence Ross back to Orlando. I was actually really expecting him to you know move on from Orlando. His playing time wasn't you know huge last season. He had moments, but I feel like with this contract, they know for sure that they're going to use him. Pretty heavily this upcoming season. Again, a four-year, $54 million deal with the player option. 
you know, uh, next guy here. Here we go, another another veteran going to the New York Knicks, uh, Wayne Ellington, two years, sixteen million. The Knicks have shooting, man. This team is going to be able to just spread the floor, and I mean, the way I see this team is, I feel like they might be a pretty solid in the offensive end. On defense, I don't see huge, you know, huge spike in the defensive end, but on offense, if they can get a good offense strategy going and get their shots up and they're making shots they're going to be a nice offensive team to watch but as far as defense I don't see them excelling very well in the defensive end Uh, former rookie of the year Michael Carter Williams on a one year minimum back toward the Orlando Magic we'll see what role he gets with that team Um, Seth Curry former Blazer one other player I was, was want my Lakers to go after, guys. I mean, striking out here. Seth Curry is going back to Dallas, as I, as I just said, going back to Dallas. It's where he made his name. He got hella playing time with the Dallas Mavericks a couple seasons ago, and then the Blazers gave him, you know, they gave him some money, and Dallas said, "You've done better than what you have, and we want you back. We want you to help this team again in a better way, in a better situation." So he heads back to Dallas, four years, $32 million on a player option. Uh, back to the Jimmy Butler signing trade. Here's the second part of this deal is that they, the, Heat, the Miami Heat traded Hassan Whiteside to the Blazers, brought back in Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless, and then shipped Mo Harkless to the Clippers. As we know that uh, Dallas Mavericks, they took in Kelly Olenek, and um, I believe Derek Jones Jr. I, I'm pretty sure Goran Dragic is still part of the Heat at this time. Uh, they were trying to find a suitor for him before July 6th. So it's the deadline of trading of the offseason. But as you know, this kind of just popped up out of nowhere. And, you know, the Heat had the chance to guarantee that they are getting Jimmy Butler for the four year contract. So they went ahead and executed. Um, Austin Rivers. Another good player, man. He got uh, called up last year from the free agent pool uh, to Houston, and he delivered. Definitely made a big difference. He's going back on a two-year veteran minimum back to the Rockets. So definitely Houston, you know, given the role that they give into uh, Austin Rivers, it's going to come back and probably re-up in that role and uh, basically help them out like he did last season. Uh, the first move the Lakers have made up to date, uh, just, you know, small deal here, sharpshooter Troy Daniels. Uh, this man last year on catch-and-shoot three-pointers was 47% from the field. Uh, very good percentage. Definitely uh, another player to surround LeBron and Anthony Davis that can shoot. It's what the team's probably going to be looking for the rest of free agency, bearing, um, or barring a Kawhi Leonard signing. Who knows if it happens or not. Uh, we're still waiting on that decision. Uh, the Jazz wave point guard Raul Neto to clear uh, cap for a for a certain Mike Conley deal. Um, they still had Dante Exum as the backup, but given Mike Conley, just you know how his game is, he'll definitely get a lot of minutes coming in. Jazz really don't have a fit or a really you know explanation to have a third string point guard, so they let Raul Neto go. Uh, former Pelicans point guard Alfred Payton is also going to the New York Knicks. As you know, with the free agency coming up, basically all they have is Dennis Smith Jr. 
because Emmanuel Moutier, he's a free agent. Um, Frank Tilakina, I believe he's probably either going to be traded or um, they might just try to find somewhere else for him because the way his offensive styles with this team, it just doesn't fit in with what they're trying to do. Um, he's just not able to put up numbers in the New York Knicks system. So signing in Alfred Payton, having him play behind Dennis Smith Jr. is probably the way to go. Uh, Ennis Canner, last season, after uh, getting traded from the Knicks to the Blazers, played really good in the playoffs after uh, Yusuf Nurkic went down with the injury. Um, he's heading to Boston. As you know, they're vacant for center. All they have is uh, the 2018 draft pick. They had Robert Williams out of Texas A&M. Uh, Ennis Canner's going to be uh, throwing a lot of minutes this year. He's going to probably get a really good opportunity for this ball Celtics team. It's only on a two-year, uh, $10 million deal with the player option. So if he likes it, he can come back. If not, you know, he can move on. Uh, longtime Dallas Maverick, uh, J.J. Barea, signs a one-year minimum back with Dallas. Uh, the Kings, after renouncing the rights of Willie Cauley-Stein, who's available, um, they go ahead and signed up a backup center in Rashawn Holmes. Two years, $10 million. Uh, Former Xavier University standout, Edmund Sumner. I believe he was a second-round pick uh, a few years ago with the Indiana Pacers. Um, basically had a really bad injury um, in training camp and spent a lot of time in the, uh, the G League, but he earned... He earned his money this year. Um, they signed him to a uh, three-year deal uh, amount. I'm not sure of, but he plans to be in the rotation with the Pacers this season. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks getting another good shooter on a one-year vet minimum is Wesley Matthews. I, I hate seeing it because again, another player the the Lakers could have used so so much. But props to Milwaukee to getting a really good veteran in this guy. We have Frank Kaminsky, former uh, Charlotte Hornet. He's also leaving the team. Two-year, $10 million deal with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, as far as the power forward spot on Phoenix, this man might start. You know, he'll help stretch the floor, play some defense. And if he don't start, he'll run the, he'll run the, uh, the bench unit and probably flourish pretty well there. Uh, Alec Burks. Former Cavalier last year that was traded to the Kings. Didn't really fit in and um, not really sure on the amount of this deal. But he goes to Oklahoma City Thunder. Much needed bench player. The Thunder's bench has been probably the worst in the past well over two or three seasons. They've just never been, you know, when the bench comes in, they've never been able to execute. Um, Alec Burks is a good addition to the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll see what he can really do. Hopefully he gets great minutes off the bench behind like Roberson and uh, Terrence Ferguson. And the last deal that we have as of right now is Tim Frazier, one year for $2 million to Detroit Pistons. Now the Pistons have three point guards locked up in Derrick Rose, Reggie Jackson, Tim Frazier. Um... Tim Frazier is definitely good enough to be a, you know, a, a point guard to run the bench unit rather as a third string. So we could very well may see a, like I said before, Derrick Rose and Reggie Jackson backcourt at the same time. So much moves, you know, in the first 24 hours of NBA free agency, it's been exhausting. 
Um, there's been a lot that's just going on. Like the NBA has definitely changed forever after this free agency period. It's been, uh, like I said, free agent frenzy. It's been a huge frenzy. I'm certainly excited for this upcoming season, and I cannot wait. Cannot wait until late October comes. What I can't wait for, more importantly, is what the damn Lakers are going to do. Come on, Rob Palenka. Kawhi or die, man. Let's do something. I'm only going to talk about one player that's still left on the free agent pool. Good old Boogie Cousins. Basically with every other team right now, man, I think Boogie was one, two years ago he was a max player until the injury. Hate to see it. But right now, you know, Cap's dwindling bad. I think that if he's wanting to play, he's going to, he's going to have to take the MLE exception, man. That's $9.2 million annually. I mean, that's that means per season. He's going to have to take, you know, pay cut. I mean, he did this past year for only $5 million on a one-year deal with Golden State. From what I've read, like Tim, uh, Tim Reynolds... And uh, there's someone else on the Twitter that I've seen. I think it was actually Lakers beat writer Trevor Lane touched up on this. I, after the D'Angelo Russell signing trade and, you know, Iguodala moving out, I don't think that the Warriors can afford DeMarcus Cousins come back whatsoever on any type of deal. Granted, I don't know if he has bird rights or not, but if they do, they can go over the cap and sign him. But their luxury tax is going to be awful. So come free agency, you know, the next season they're going to have – Basically, no money whatsoever to really do anything and try to just. You're going to have to just use vet minimum contracts to round out the roster. But if I had to take one team right now, I'd put Boogie Cousins on. At a $9.2 million um, contract. You know, the top three teams with cap are the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Mavericks. The Clippers, I don't see them doing that and making him a six-man or Montrez Harrell a six-man. The Lakers could definitely use him. Would probably be one hell of a, of a front court in LeBron, AD, and Cousins. Or to Dallas. They have $22 million in cap as of right now. They can easily afford him and move Przingis to the four. And I mean... The only other centers that the Mavericks have at, at, at the time is, uh, they, I believe they did sign Maxi Kleber. I don't think I mentioned that before, but I think they signed him to like a two or three, two or three year deal. He was a center last season that could shoot the ball. And then Dwight Powell, a little bit undersized, but athletic enough to run the five. Another team that might throw him money if he really wants it, New York. Right now, if I if if I was Boogie Cousins, you just got to take what you get, man. You got you got to work yourself back up to being a uh, to being a max player. I don't think we'll ever get back there again, but you can get back to being like a twenty million a year guy, you know, mid tier free agent. That'll help any team. 
But the team I choose that I think that he probably will end up going to is Dallas Mavericks because the cap room and seeing who's left on the board. It's good, good, good start for Angie this year. Best in history. It's wild. I think that's going to wrap it up on the debut podcast of NBA Midcourt. I'm your host, junior NBA analyst, Hunter Hempstead. The schedule will be every weekday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right here on the Anchor app. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. It's almost a two-hour-long debut podcast. Didn't expect it to be that long, but, man, the NBA is just amazing, isn't it? Can never get tired talking about it. Can never run out of things to talk about. But we'll have more to come. Thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.